0: Welcome back for today's episode of Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. My name is Ira Wolf, and I'm your host. Today's discussion will be a little out of the ordinary. I have got a special guest, a good friend and colleague, Jennifer Semecki from Well Run Consulting. Uh, Jennifer and I have known each other for a number of years, and over the last year or two, we started to work together Um, Both with one of our assessment programs, which many of you might be familiar with, which is called People Clues. And Jennifer introduced me to uh, a great tool and something that I know many of you have been asking about. And it's in the paper, in the media, not necessarily the paper, that shows my age, I guess, but in the media uh, for um, almost daily anymore. And the topic's called emotional intelligence. So today's discussion and conversation with Jennifer is going to be about emotional intelligence. Jennifer, how are you doing today?
1: Great, Ira. Thank you for interviewing me today.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, let's just jump into the uh, conversation. What is emotional intelligence? We, we hear about emotional intelligence. We hear about emotional quotient. We hear a lot about self-awareness how how would you describe that to someone who's unfamiliar with the term
1: okay well let me start with an easy definition let me start with my definition and then i'll give you a, a a more academic definition so to me and what i've come to understand with emotional intelligence and i've been working with the tool and this topic for for close to 10 years so for a while and I use the definition of it's the ability to feel, to understand, and to manage your own emotions and the emotions of others to build more highly effective relationships. So we're here to talk about business, but we also are using emotional intelligence in our daily lives, at home, with our spouses, with our children. And what more of a academic definition would be, a more business definition, and this one's by Cooper, there's many out there, but he says that emotional intelligence is the ability to sense, understand, and effectively apply the power and acumen of emotions to facilitate high levels of collaboration and productivity.
0: Well, that's a mouthful.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: I mean, it sounds pretty challenging. You know, you and I have been in this business for a while. Um, we actually met uh, through a test publisher uh, quite a few years ago and, and have, uh, you know, kept up our, uh, I guess, a, a friendship during that time and then more recently um, got a little bit more involved with uh, helping each other's businesses. Emotional intelligence, you know, and I, I love your kind of two definitions of that, both the academic and and the one that's easy to understand. Uh, likewise, I tend to share with clients when they talk about it, you know, one is knowing yourself. Uh, the other is recognizing how other people might see you. And third is closing the gap. Uh, you know, what do you do about it? And, you know, all in all, it sounds like we're going back to some basics here. Uh, one is understanding Who you are as an individual uh, is the very first step. I think you would agree.
1: Yes, and when we look at emotional intelligence and we look at the five aspects of it, the first one is self-awareness. So no matter where you are in your EQ, either um, beginning to develop it or having worked on it for a while or having developed it already, all of us need to start with self-awareness.
0: So let's start right there because you and I have had our roots in, in DISC. Uh, for those who are listening, uh, you might recognize uh, the DISC acronym uh, representing many of the assessments uh, or one type of, of an assessment that's out there. Um, others might be familiar with Myers-Briggs, MBTI, um, and there's so many different variations of both of those, but uh, people are familiar with that. Um, That's often a starting point, and it seems that emotional intelligence, you know, just gives another reason why everyone, uh, especially if you're pursuing, looking at advancing your career or even at improving relationships, even if they're personal relationships, um, something like a DISC uh, or Myers-Briggs might be beneficial. Would you agree?
1: Yes. And you know, just what you said, Ira, we have many years, you know, you and I twenty you know, twenty five years in the Yeah, the let's, world not of this. yeah <laughs> let's not talk about that. Yeah, let's <laughs> not talk about that. But but what that what that means is no matter where you are on the disk model, you know, high D, high I, high S, high C, there's really no correlation with your emotional intelligence. That means that every person, no matter what their style is, needs to develop their own EQ. And I have worked over the years with, you know, high Ds, for example, that have high EQs, and it looks very different than high Ds that have low EQ. So no matter what your DISC model is, no matter what your motivators are, you still need to study and ultimately practice Is the only way that you're going to develop your EQ. No one's born with their EQ. EQ is the opposite of IQ. IQ we're predominantly born with, it's set at our birth, and what the research has shown is that it only makes up between 10 and 25 percent at best of our success in life, where EQ is making up between Somewhere between on the low side, we'll we'll say 25%. But on the high side, um, and Daniel Goleman brought this into the forefront in the 90s, is that he believes, and I have to concur with my own experience, that 90% of the difference between star performers and average performers, whether it be in life or business, you know, senior leadership, what have you, is EQ.
0: You mentioned, let's say, a high D with low EQ or emotional quotient or emotional intelligence and a high D with high emotional intelligence um, respond, react, behave differently. Uh, can you give a specific related to that? And and again, for, for those who might not be familiar with the DISC acronym, the same example would hold for, let's say, the extrovert uh, or even the introvert. Um, And most people understand extroversion and introversion, you know, an extrovert or an introvert with low EQ uh, versus someone who has high EQ. How does that, I mean, how would you, uh, what's in it for, for someone to say, hey, I need to work on this?
1: Okay, I can give you many examples. All I have to do is go into my we daily only have a few life, of, minutes here. <laughs> my daily life of coaching, and this is what I this is what I have in front of me. Let's let's paint a picture of the difference between a high D, somebody who is extroverted and task oriented, um, a high D with high emotional intelligence would look like a leader who is very self aware, that they're very driven. They're very goal-oriented. They like to win. They like to be right. They like to look good. They're aware of those tendencies in themselves, and therefore they work extra hard to be collaborative, to not talk down to people, but to include people, to build up their subordinates. And so therefore, the people, it comes across in the organizations where the the workers really wanna work for this leader because they see the leader as dynamic and charismatic and all these positive qualities. Versus a leader who has those traits, however has a low EQ, what they look like is a tyrant. Um, they come across to their team as very demeaning, they talk down to them, they puff themselves up, they, they go around talking about you know what they did. Um, They forget that they got there because of all the people that are working for them. Um, They don't build up the team. They tear down. They use intimidation. They use tactics like fear. All of these things, again, they may be doing subconsciously. They don't know they're doing them because to have a low EQ means they have a low self-awareness of how it is that they're coming across to people. So that's a good example, quick example of what high IQ, uh, high excuse me, high EQ looks like in the same style.
0: Now, uh, per- great examples, and as you were talking there, I keep thinking of uh, some of the things that I share, even when I discuss, uh, even when I'm doing some training or, or coaching with DISC, uh, or again, I, I, I don't personally, uh, although I'm certified in it, I don't personally uh, use Myers-Briggs uh, much, uh, but uh, whatever tool anyone's using is, is the point here. Uh, but with that, um, you know, there's a very, very fine line between someone being confident and other people seeing that same person as being arrogant. Am I correct? Yes. That, yeah. And and it's very challenging, especially in the roles you and I play, and we do speaking and we're out in public. The fine line is we have an audience and whether it's ten people or a or hundred people, they're they're looking back at us and we're going through our presentation and we certainly want to exude confidence so that people will trust us. But at the same token, there's always this small percentage of people in there, uh or it could be a large percentage too, depending on your audience, that looking back at us and saying yeah I like what he's saying He seems like a smart guy but boy boy he seems a little bit egotistical or arrogant and I guess taking this down to what emotional intelligence is um, is the the fact is I need to know how much confidence I need to exude or or whatever trait it is or how much detail orientation I need to do and recognize that that the audience is going to see me differently not everybody's gonna react the same so then the next question comes up is okay so we can take an emotional intelligence assessment and you can talk a little bit more about that what that would share um, but you also do a lot of coach you do much more coaching than I do on it and the next part is is when when you when someone recognizes that they need help with this that their eyes opened up, and that someone else uh, recognizes them as, "Hey, I, I never, re- I never realized that some people saw me that way." So, what do I do about it? How do I change it? So, I guess two questions in there. Tell us a little bit about the assessment. How we pick this out? We're not just doing this by gut reaction and 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 some instinctive analysis. So, there is some objective way of measuring your EQ or, or your or your EI. Uh, and the second is, is if, if I recognize that I need some help, what's that look like?
1: Okay. Okay, and I want to a- answer one of your questions, too, that you were building around how do we get from self-awareness and then how do we monitor our own behavior. We've got to go through a cycle. We've got to start with the self-awareness. We have to become self-regulated. That means we have to um, develop our self-control. Uh, We have to go through another factor, which is that we have to be motivated to do so. But then we get to the social skills, and that's where we come out. That's how we come across. We need to build our empathy, and we need to build our interpersonal or our social skills. So we all start with self-awareness, and we end up in the world with our social skills. And the tool, getting to your two questions, the tool, the assessment tool, can measure those five aspects. Therefore, we have a blueprint. We have a start. We say, okay, here's where I am in these five factors that are being measured that need to be developed for successful relationships. And and I don't mean just business. I mean at home. So we need to start with a tool, a validated tool that we can use, that we can trust. It gives us a snapshot of where we are. And all of us tend to fall low in in a couple of areas, meaning we may have developed some of our EQ, especially if we're adults and we've been in the world a while. But there's usually one or two areas that may still be average or below. Um, and we certainly want to develop that because research shows that EQ does tend to increase with age. So the older we are, the more emotional intelligence we should have. And that goes back to also our children and the younger generations and the millennials that you talk so much about, Ira. They need that coaching in, in increasing their EQ because they will get farther faster if they do so the the second part is what can i do about it so most of the people in executive coaching is is one of my fortes which i've done for a really long time and i have to why i agree with goldman in his 90% because 90% of the executives and i mean senior people i mean smart people that end up in coaching with me they're there because of some emotional intelligence shortcoming. It's either they are not aware of their behavior, self-awareness, step one, or it ends up at the end of the model, you know, step four or five, they don't know how to show empathy or they don't have social skills, you know. It has nothing to do with being a smart person. It means that they just, for whatever reason, haven't developed it, and now they need to work with, you know, an EQ coach, to raise that, they need to improve if they want to, one, keep their jobs, and two, they want to keep, you know, climbing the ladder or keep building their career.
0: As you were speaking, I'm thinking of all these examples. You read it in the media all the time. I mean, just pick up a Wall Street Journal and find people who have been terminated, or, you know, either by the board of directors or a loss of confidence. And, uh, you know, certainly those many individuals come to come to work or got their positions through, you know, many years of success and uh, kind of leads into, you know, an area that that I love and live every day, uh, which is hiring people. And, you know, while you focus a a lot more on the coaching and development side, you know, my expertise has been on, you know, is this person, is this person going to live up to our expectations? And I don't know how many times, I've seen resumes and um, got kind of people that companies are ready to extend the job offer. And I've just recently started to use the emotional intelligence assessment. Uh, but prior to that, I was using different personality assessments and, and different measures, motivational tools, and cognitive abilities. And, and something's uh, disconnected between what they've accomplished to date and who they are as a person and you know sometimes people discount the you know put more weight on the resume and they discount the the uh, results of the reports but almost inevitably the person fails and they don't fail because they didn't have potential and they didn't have the knowledge they failed because of that emotional intelligence
1: that's correct and and that's what i see in the coaching And on the hiring side, we have to be careful with the EQ tools because they're not validated to be used in hiring as far as using the tool. However, what we suggest is that you use good behavioral interviewing questions that will get to the root of these emotional intelligence factors. And then you will still have a very good picture of that person's emotional intelligence before you hire them and then if you do decide to hire them once they're hired run the emotional intelligence know for sure where you're at and if there is some area of weakness just like you would do in any kind of onboarding system you immediately start developing that area so you bring them up to speed as quickly as possible
0: we're kind of coming toward the end of uh, this episode um, but let me ask you, uh, and then I'll share one of my favorite ones. Somebody presents themselves, they're down to the final two or three candidates, um, you know, a professional or an executive position. You, you, they, our clients or whoever might be recognize that emotional intelligence is real and it's important. Um, what's, a, what's one of your favorite questions you ask a candidate Um, to get a feel of what their emotional intelligence might be?
1: Well, one area, a couple of areas that I like to probe, because it tends to be a weakness for a lot of people, is self-regulation. What is going to be their ability to control themselves? so usually depending on the organization you know what type of job it is i'll you know i'll come up with again a good behavioral interviewing question that paints a scenario and what i'm wanting them to demonstrate in their answer is their ability to manage themselves their emotions and self control and if they can articulate that well and give me an example Uh, one or two times that they did this and what was the outcome, I can feel very confident. If there's a, a silence and they're not being able to come up with an example that they can demonstrate the ability to control themselves in stressful situations, then the chances are that they're not going to be able to. And then the other one I like to probe is the social skills. You know, give, that, give them, again, a good question where they can demonstrate how they handled the situation. Usually what I try to do in it is a situation where they, were, where they looked bad. How did they handle it? You know, did they show personal accountability? Did they come clean? Or did they try to save face? And you'll know that in the way that they answer the question.
0: No, absolutely, and your, your second question is exactly where I go with it, and it was something I was going to bring up. Um, when people interview, they always, if the candidate gives them a response that they want to hear, then that's, hey, great, this person knows what they're talking about, but it's important to always ask, give me a, give me a, a time when it didn't work out so well where you misread the situation or more importantly you misread the other people how they might respond so love love your, your great great response is very helpful my question is actually takes it to a my favorite interview question related to this when i once we do our assessments uh and we're involved in the interview i always if i'm suspicious that the individual might have um low eq or even moderate um, then I always ask, tell me a little, you know, have you ever experienced any assessments like this? I mean, that's the first thing is how much, um, I, I guess, how much self-awareness uh, development have they done? Have they even inquired about how, who they are and how other people might see them? Uh, and it's amazing. I mean, I've got 40, 50-year-old, very success- successful executives have never Ever participate in an assessment because they didn't need to because they thought they already were successful. Yet they're you know they're looking for this other opportunity, and many times you know they've been exposed not because they're not qualified for the position uh, on a technical side, but as you've said the soft the soft skills the relationship skills um, in a in a challenging. World that we live in, and, and I always go by the, the kind of the VUCA, the VUCA world, and uh, you can just you can Google that, um, which is we live in a volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world. All of those things are happening at the same time: constant change, uh, uncertainty, the ambiguity, and and certainly it, our lives are much more complex than they used to be. So people have been successful in the past when things were more predictable. Uh, more steady, things didn't change as as, as rapidly and now all of a sudden you put that same person in in this VUCA environment and they shatter (laughs) and and they shatter a lot of people around them as well. Jennifer, we're just about out of time today, Um, really appreciate your help. If you can just for our listeners kind of reiterate the five steps that your assessment covers, um, you know, beginning with the self-awareness, and then also let us know how you we can how someone can get in touch with you
1: okay well the five factors that we're going to measure in the tool is self awareness and that is the ability to understand yourself and your emotions and what drives you then the second is self regulation which think of that as self management how do you manage yourself but also how do you manage your disruptive impulses or moods And that equals self-control. The third step, which we didn't talk too much about today, which is motivation. But here we're talking about an internal motivation, uh, a reason to work that goes beyond money and status. And when we get into the, the interpersonal skills, we move to empathy. And empathy is that ability to understand other people at an emotional level, you know, walk in their shoes, so to speak. And the last one we touched upon was how it all ends up in the world, which is our social skills, our ability to manage and build positive, successful relationships and networks that are made up of collaboration, of teamwork, of grace, uh, opposite of being self-centered, self-promoting, etc. Humility. Yes, humility. You know, there's a a, a popular (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a popular country and western song right now called uh, you know, humble and kind. So that's where we wanna end up is humble and kind, but we don't get there until we start with ourself and our self awareness.
0: So so here's a topic for our maybe for a a further podcast. Um let's talk about the candidates running for president. So
1: Yes. <laughs> what's yes. their emotional and-
0: intelligence look like these days?
1: Well, that's funny. That's a very good, um, timely topic, and here we'll send them to, to my website or social media. If you go to well com, we have a case study up there right now on Donald Trump.
0: Oh, and outstanding. It, I'll have to, it, we'll, we'll have to <laughs> share that with everyone, too.
1: It's an interesting study because it's just what we're talking about here. Uh, and if the Donald um, can reel in his emotional intelligence uh, and, and get some coaching here, then that's really going to help him in, in his portrayal of how we see him, which ends up in this world of, of social skills. So it's a great study, um, and it also ties in how DISC and motivators um, are still separate measurements from our emotional intelligence. So we have a case study on that. Um, So you can reach us through wellrun.com, but Ira, you're available with the tools. Uh, We're available for the tools. Also, I do certification coaching on the emotional intelligence. And that is great for people who want to really study it, especially HR leaders um, that may want to um, do programs for their companies, other consultants that may want to train on this, or trainers within large organizations. Um, That's a good place to start is to get certified in EQ.
0: Well, thanks very much for joining us. And I'm going to close with uh, two kind of final comments on what you commented on. One is, uh, I think you'll agree with this, is uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, w- which is the presumptive uh, nominee, but we're not sure yet after some of the, the races, um, but, if, uh, but uh, Hillary Clinton seems to have probably a higher level of emotional intelligence compared to Donald Trump, but her implementation is a little rough. Would, would you agree?
1: Well, she shows, when we look at the model of the five, she shows development in some of the five, but weaknesses in other five. Uh, and the Donald, um, he, he may show some, some improvement in some areas, but weaknesses in others. So, again, they both, um, and when they're under pressure, it's the same thing like the disc. When they're under pressure, we see the true... Self emerge. You know, we not only see their behavioral styles, the high D's, but we also see this EQ. So um, watching the debates is very interesting because I can see the EQ unfolding minute by minute.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. It, it you know they they drive me crazy and a lot of other people crazy on their views and their bickering and their fighting and their promises. But uh, if you observe their behavior, it it makes it a lot more interesting. And uh, sometimes that's how I get through the debates and 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 some of their conferences. Um, The the other one, just final comment I do want to make, because if it's not an either or, Uh, you don't take a DISC or a Myers Briggs or any other tool instead of emotional intelligence. The emotional intelligence assessment is really measuring how aware you are, how how much self awareness do you have. Where using one of these other assessments actually is a measure of who you are and it sort of exposes you know who you are and how do other people see you so it's kind of the blueprint for that Um, the EI or the EQ assessments really measure um, how well have you done so just because people said oh I've already done the disc in Myers-Briggs and we did a lot of training on it um, doesn't necessarily mean you have high self-awareness it just means you kind of went through the process
1: it means you understand your behavioral style, but that has no correlation with your emotional intelligence.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks again, Jennifer. Appreciate it. Well-run. Uh, Jennifer's from Well-Run Consulting. Uh, check out her website. Uh, you can also check out ours at com, or you can reach me at 800-803-4303. And that concludes today's podcast about emotional intelligence. Stay tuned and watch for future announcements. Thanks very much. Have a great day.
1: Thank you, Ira.